play. play it. This is the Astro League Fantasy Football Podcast. League specific news, information, and stats with your obnoxious commissioner, Maddie C. Well, g'day, and welcome to the Astro League Fantasy Football Podcast. My name's Maddie C. I'm the host of the show. I'm the guy who's commissioner of the Fantasy League that the show came from. For those of you who don't know, it's a big size league. We're 16 teams in our Fantasy Football League, which is far bigger than the common 10 and the somewhat less common 12. And with there really being no resources in Fantasy Football land for a huge league like ours, we've sort of taken a making our own. We've also been a league that at different times has had varying size. So we have been 12. We've even had a year where we were 14 and we've been 16 for the most part. It's meant we've had to evolve rules, tweaking here and there. And it means that some of our settings have become pretty uncommon. Something else uncommon about it, though, is that we are 16 Aussie guys playing from Australia. So by the time you combine all these things, our league is a complete unicorn. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Astro League Podcast, but you can also find us on our brand new Twitter feed at Astro League Pod. It's going to be content going up on these things pretty well daily. So make sure that you're around for those and interact with them and check out what we're doing. It's a great place to learn about what's going on in the show and also just to horse about with us a bit. But it's a great day to be alive. Why? Am I a question talker? Why wouldn't I be? Okay, we've gone through part one of the draft day experience with Seahorse and today is part two. So if you didn't catch part one, it's below where you found this episode. So subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, anywhere. And that way these will keep popping up for you and you'll never miss one. We did a great big dive into things around draft day since, you know, we've just had a season end and the next thing that really happens in fantasy world will be season starting again. So it's a good time to start looking at how that should work. And some of the things we're talking about is duration of how long you have to run a draft, how much time you might need for each person to make their individual selections, the idea of potentially trading things through the draft, where we may have scoring changes that could impact the value of a roster position or more. And in all, with all of that, it was a pretty great show. I'd urge you to go back and check it out. But today is a lot more about the event and the way the day is presented, which is a whole bunch of fun because, I mean, I've seen so many different ways that leagues run their fantasy football draft. In fact, it'd be interesting to hear how your fantasy football drafts have been run for leagues that you're in as well, if you're in one separate to this. Do you do them live in a venue? Are they virtually? Tell us all about it. Get on the socials, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and tell us all about it. So he's a man who doesn't need much more introduction because we've already had him on once, but it's time to drag him back out, dust him off or... I don't know, what do you do with a seahorse when you put them in storage for three days? Whatever you do, we're going to do that and get him back out here, get the iron on him, get all the wrinkles out, and we're going to talk more draft day. So, seahorse, come join me, brother. Haskins has just been an absolute turd. You could be understood for being, you know, skittish about that. Take Fournette out of the lineup. Yeah, mate, I would have run Jeremy's side boner going for him there. <laughs> Your in-depth knowledge of what it's like to be boned this year. Wes is going to have to realise that he's just playing like a ginger piece of shit. This is Taylor Nailed, I've got to say. Hey, look, I just think that's a really well-made point because what it's really getting to is how many things are available to you as an owner when it's your turn to pick and then what's a fair amount of time to be able to get across those things? I just think that's a really well-made point. Uh, I think, I think too, um, if, we're, if we're going into this draft, something that is most likely going to change is the value of kickers and defense as well. Yeah. So 
what was sort of a lot more linear decision making in the first place is all of a sudden we're making potentially two positions a lot more valuable. All of a sudden that decision making's ramped up even more. Um, I think that timing discussion becomes even more um, dependent at that time. Uh, no, I mean, I'd always just thought when it's my turn on the clock, I'm choosing from four positions and generally from two because <laughs> I'm either picking a wide receiver running back because they're the ones I want the most options in. A quarterback, depending on how late I'm getting in the draft, what the value's like. And I've almost never spent much time thinking about a tight end. I just need to remember to get one because, well, maybe I'm lumping them in the same conversation as kicker and defense. Just, they're just guys. They're always there. You pick one up and you just have your fingers crossed. I think for most people, that's what, it's, that's what it is. I think as we're becoming more informed and more mature as a league, the decision-making is going to get more in-depth. So why not promote that? Especially when we start trading these yeah, doing stuff with the trade picks. I think going back to where we sort of touched on, um, I wouldn't put too many restrictions on it in the first place. Um, just because I'd love to see what kind of creativity comes out. Even things like the waiver wire priorities being able to trade alongside the picks, um, we started to see that become a lot more utilised uh, during the season this year. Creative trades, imagine trading your team off, and the person with the highest waiver priority um, can leverage that, so someone else can utilise that to have a good pick after the draft as well to dive in and pick up some of the scraps that they that might have been missed. They could improve their team. That could open up things up quite a lot as well. That's an interesting thought because we did see that this year. For the first time, openly people discussing, oh, I've got the first waiver. I'll trade that to you. That's never happened before. And I love that that's where we're at in terms of the intelligence. And the, the word you used was the best, by the way, Seahorse. The maturity of this league of just we're not just 16 guys who all fell together and now we're playing together. We're guys who've grown in this league together and and, and the intelligence and the, the nous of what to do to try and help make our own teams better and help keep the league better, uh, get the league better along the way, is just there. It's just there because everyone cares. I love that you use that word. So uh, I've been trying to rack my brain of what sort of other options we could we could do in the draft. And, and really where I think I keep coming back to this whole time, the time thing. And if, I, if we're sticking to like a three-minute time, you're not going to be able to do much. Like I don't think you know, we've clearly stated that it's not enough time to make trade decisions and trade talks in that. I almost wonder the other options we've got is to um, reduce the amount of picks that we've got, which, again, forces a bit more into waiver wires um, and the trade picks become a bit more valuable in some ways. Um, oh, yeah. That day you said to me, what if we had one bench or no bench and I know this is an audio platform but I'm pretty sure you could hear me just melt and just go wow <laughs> like what even is that oh my god you've blown my mind because uh, I mean the idea of struggling through a season with only four on the bench has been to me that's been tough and you know the cupboard's pretty bare all around the place and and it's so hard to keep a team together and the idea of stripping that down even further and giving more meat to transactions just was wild to me. But the, the more water that's gone under the bridge since you said it, the more I'm like, I almost want to do it to see what happens. 
Um, yeah, I think you could see some interesting strategies come out of that, especially if there's two more um, two more positions that are becoming valid. Yeah. Yeah, to, I mean, gosh, the way you were scoring out defense and what we could do to change the way defense scores all of a sudden makes that position maybe as valuable as a quarterback, which in terms of wins and losses is quite an important position. We don't draft it like that, but gee, I mean, all of a sudden, if you've got another position that can score like that, it just puts pressure on different parts of the draft that haven't had that level of pressure before. And I just, I just love the idea of stirring it up, seeing what we do, how we learn from it. I just love the idea of that. And... That's our experimenting brains ticking along. It'd be interesting to hear what the perspective from the league would be. So we've spoken yeah. about the reserve spot, and I'm a bit against that. But again, that might um, that might feed some more excitement into the draft if we did have a, a reserve spot and drop the bench down to three, and maybe even open it up that you can't you can't pick your bench, you can't pick your top side. Like we could, we could put some extra restrictions if if we wanted to on that. Um, so I think I think it really comes back to is is what we want the draft day to be about and the length of time to do it. Um, yeah. Are we are we wanting it to be an exciting way to put the teams together? Is it uh, is it a first initial engagement point to ease everyone back into the season? Is it the be-all and end-all to your season? Is it the, just the start? Is it just a way for us to start the transactions going um, to get our teams built for the season? Or is it all of the above? Well, look, I think that that covers really very quickly about we know what the upshot of a draft day is. So every team leaves with a full roster. It's like the first ceremonial the season's here. And I think that that really does give a good coverage of, well, what do we need to consider about how that happens? I just think that's a wonderful spot to to move to my next subject on, on the draft day experience because experience was the word we went for, and here is why. Most years, we've run this live draft. It's only six years old. I've hired a venue or found a venue somewhere where people who live locally can just congregate in person while we all hop on live online. And it just means you might have a few guys in a room. It's good to see each other in person. This year was the first time that I didn't offer that. And it probably could have been done. COVID wasn't going to get in the way of us having a small group of local people who wanted to. I personally wasn't going to be able to attend as it was anyway. And it just, the idea of trying to use the technology to get more than just the local guys together in person kind of appealed to me. And that's where I put the importance. Hey, well, what if we just kind of made it a bit of a virtual experience? Because then someone like Taswegian here, Seahorse can jump in where he can't come to the Mawson Club or to, you know, some live venue in Canberra, but he can be on Messenger. I mean, really what I'm thinking about here is, well, how do we deliver draft day? It's all one thing to, to have your team, but how do we go about making it interactive and, and for guys to spend time together even if we're not together. Yeah, I think the use of technology, we can make that happen. I think the difficulty we're always going to have is that whole life getting in the way of things in general. That's, again, apparently people have families and other interests and other responsibilities outside of random numbers on a spreadsheet determining who beats who each week. Uh, I definitely think that sort of live, uh, live event 
is is fun. Like even just in the chat, let alone if you add video to it and some theatrics to it, that would just add to, add to the experience. Especially if you start getting real fancy and we start having the trade the trade picks and are able to announce that and go through like a trade commissioner and all that sort of stuff. Oh, the trade commissioner. That's right. We'll have to dust Ryan's trade commissioner badge off. Uh, it'll be, be his perfect day to shine. <laughs> but obviously that, we wouldn't be able to do any long-form type of draft at that point. It all has to be done in a concise amount of time. Definitely. And does that potentially take away from the experience? It'd be definitely it'd be a lot more social, which is what we're yeah. wanting. Um, so it would limit options a little bit, but it would really enhance the person to person. Hundred percent, and I think I think that's what we're all about, isn't it? Um, that's what sort of sways me to keep wanting it to have it as a self-contained time. Um, Same to to get that, but then it doesn't necessarily get our experience off uh, off the ground. This is one of my random thoughts down to sparks in conversation, up, but. You know, we could almost go to one of those, um, go to the extent where we do an auto draft beforehand. Everyone has their team and it's all based on transactions. The first pickup gets to ah. steal from a te- another team, um, make XYZ change, drop their player, change their player, choose a higher waiver priority or something so that it's a completely different type of draft experience. Oh, for a sec there, it sounded like Secret Santa at my work where everyone brings a gift and then there's an arbitrary way in orders picked this year. It was by playing cards from a deck. <laughs> and whoever had the highest card of the highest suit got to pick the first gift. But then the next person could choose to take that gift off them or pick another gift. And just for a sec there, I was taken to, <laughs> to Secret Santa at a bowling club. <laughs> <laughs> here in Canberra. Um, but, I mean, I, I like the idea of that being something, forcing people to have some interactions because, I mean, you can keep your team, I guess, as it's drafted, but, gee, there's going to be other guys who've got players that you might like to have instead. And I think part of what I was aiming this to be when it was a delivery system, the first couple of episodes, information delivery system, was arm guys with the best way to know that they could leave draft day with a team of people that they cared about. Because even if your team stinks, if you had the most influence in how those guys got in your roster, you've still got some connective tissue to it and some reason to keep going even if it stinks. Because then you can own it and go, hey, I picked this team and it sucks. But there's no fun in going through a season with a team someone else has picked for you or an algorithm has picked for you. That also sucks. 100%. That's why... That's why... In general, I'm against the whole those whole concepts of some of those leagues where it's all auto drafted. You get your team and you polish your turd. This particular people that enjoy <laughs> that sort of stuff. And yeah. Oh, I've played in one of those leagues before. Yeah, yeah, and it was called Polish the Turd. <laughs> exactly as you put it, Polish the Turd. And I loved it. I thought it was a great heap of fun. Heap of fun. It's a great concept. Like for for people that want to spend the time team building and. Wheeling and dealing, it can it can be awesome, but also you've got no real attachment, so it doesn't take much to lose engagement. Like I was in that league with in that polish the turd league last season or the season before. I just had too much going on. It wasn't that engaging. I had not I, I I put hung my hat up for this season because I didn't want to get distracted. Um, 
So I think that sort of thing, it's very, it can go very quickly that uh, you just give up and we're back to half the league not giving a shit and putting up empty crap teams. So I think I think that changed there. The difference there is how much do I like being in this league versus how much do I like playing fantasy football? Because yeah. that one was a, you know, adopt something and try and fix it or kind of almost like a choose your own adventure. And you've actually got to kind of just want to play fantasy to enjoy that. Where our league isn't all about the want to play fantasy, a lot of it is want a connection with these particular dudes because the environment with these dudes is fun. And I think that's what we keep coming back to because like, honestly... Outside of the Astro League stuff, I, I feel like I'm pretty much done with fantasy. I've done my time a lot over the over the years. It'd be almost 20 years now that I've done some form of fantasy at some point in different yeah. stuff. A lot of it's just not that exciting. It's this social engagement is what makes it fun. That's the thing with like minds, eh? Yeah, like minds. You actually get to talk, converse, joke around, have a bit of banter, and it's enjoyable. Otherwise... It's just some numbers on a page. And yeah. How many- but that's where this league is a unicorny, right? You know, because it's, it's not about the numbers on the page. Uh, and sometimes it is, but sometimes it's also about giving TC some shit. And because I mentioned him in every episode, I'm mentioning him in this one. And, you know, it, it, it's about more than one thing. It's about five or six things. 100%. And, and you can change and evolve over the years too. Like I've only been here three years and I've had different mindsets each year, but it's worked for me each, each time. I can change from week to week, Seahorse. All of a sudden, I'm not in the playoff race anymore, and it becomes, well, I need to destroy TC's team. <laughs> How did that go for you this year? Well, I didn't try to destroy TC's team because I was pretty convinced I was still going to make the playoffs. <laughs> Anyhow, I tried to destroy his team in the Keeper Leagues. That's where I feel like I've got the wood on him. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> so, so yeah, I think going back to where we sort of started this conversation is what do we want to get out of it i think we've covered a few different points of engagement there's i think there's four key things that stand out there's the timing of the draft whether that be single date over time like over a week whatever we decide of that sort of timing yeah yeah duration and and the time when you're on the clock to make a pick i think those those two go hand in hand yeah absolutely And, and i think that also then has to go with I think you're going to say this next. What are your responsibilities on the clock? What the options do you have? That time's got to reflect suitable amount of time to to consider all your options. Hundred percent. And I th- yeah. think what those and that leads into the next one is what do those options actually look like? And um, you know, are we doing a standard traditional draft? And do we open it up to trade picks and people getting creative of using waiver wire and all that sort of stuff? Does it? Yeah. Does it mean that we reduce the amount of picks you get in it to build the team so you're not building your bench at that point or is it to fully create your full um, compact team? Is it that we've gone and done a full auto draft and we're doing a different kind of transactions at that point? It's all of that sort of stuff that feeds into it. And then lastly, it's how we're delivering it, um, how we're engaging everyone. Is it that we are holding an event is it we're doing it virtual? Are we just doing it over time? We're just doing it through the chat. How are we going to actually um, deliver it and engage people at that point? I think there's there's a lot to take away and think about in all that because it may not be right to change anything. Maybe we just leave it how it is and that might be okay. But I, I, I feel like there are some 
some changes that we can make to make it more accessible more than anything. I think that's, to me, having had this conversation and completely unpack it out of my brain into a listenable form, um, I think that accessibility and how we're able to get everyone from the very beginning of the season actually feeling like they own the team and they're going to they're gonna be able to play and commit for, for the year, for all our rounds and be competitive and enjoy it. That's really, at the end of the day, what we need to achieve. Well, as official, uh, in summing up, as a seahorse can sound, that's about as good as you're going to get, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> that was really official and it tied everything up really, really neatly. I love that. And, and I was thinking the same things too. At the very end there, we say, hey, man, and we may not even need to change anything. I think the only – you could not change anything else at all and have just a little bit of a tweak here or there to the way we deliver it and people will be excited about the changes. You know what I mean? That if all of a sudden it was something where there was a live event for the local guys to get to, but we could like stream that room onto some projecting thing and then you know it meant that the guys who were connecting virtually could see everyone in the room. There was ways for people to then communicate individually with somebody else. I guess like, I don't know, this whole Zoom technology thing that uh, that that businesses and uh, and folks used to meet virtually, incorporating some level of that with a live event. I can imagine people feeling pretty excited about the prospect of even a change like that. So it doesn't even need to be terribly radical. The amount of changes we make, I just think people would be happy to just to feel more connected. And at the end of the day, that's why that's why we're doing it all. So let's let's throw this out to the wisdom of the crowd and see what people's thoughts are. Yeah, and this is one I think where we're going to need some real feedback from every corner, wherever you're listening to us, wherever you find us. Talk to us about what your draft day is like. If you're not in our league specifically, we all know what our draft is like. Ah, man, I think that one of the highest forms of flattery is imitating and just you get inspiration from people who can give you new information and then you can use that to improve your situation and it really does sort of show the importance of the source you got the information from to help make yours better. It does kind of say, hey, you know, I like what you're doing so much, I'm even going to copy it. So, you know, we, we would love to have that kind of feedback from any corner, wherever you're hearing us, wherever you find us. Interact with us on Facebook and Instagram and give us some info about what you do because uh, we're all about the learning over here and we're all about the improvement. 100%. And we're only going to get better by exploring the different opportunities and possibilities and making a decision as a group after we've discussed it all and unpacked it all. So... Let's get on it and make fantasy football even better next year. Yeah, not wrong. Now, Seahorse, can you believe this? We have gone all the way from the top to the bottom of the owners of season survey, and we have dived into every topic much, much deeper. We got right into the weeds. We got so far into the weeds, I'm pretty sure we were in a pond at one point. We've gone the whole way through it. And I don't know, I think these have been some of the most enjoyable episodes that I've been involved with through you know we've made almost 70 episodes of this show and these some of these have been the most enjoyable uh have you enjoyed the experiment and the excursions that we've taken i i always love opening my brain and just mind dumping so hopefully people can actually understand what we're talking about that's, that's always a good start <laughs> accents aside i mean <laughs> our accents are pretty rough to start with <laughs> well i think it's i think it's just been great to be, have the opportunity to explore this stuff and see what we can do for next year and i just i love opening up the hood of car and 
seeing what the engine is running under it. So especially as someone who hasn't been involved in the league for as long, being able to actually understand why things were put in place like they were, yeah, um, that was that was eye opening for me in itself. I've learned it quite a lot. So interesting to see what happens going into next season when um, you do your another owner's survey to finalise what's going to happen. Um, everyone should be way more informed and should be able to see. Um, so I'm excited to see what actually comes out of it. Yeah, I'm excited about it too. And I'm excited to get us into some forums too with the other owners live to sort of further explore with the, the knowledge, the wisdom of the crowd all in the one place at one time or, or what large part of representation we can get live to really get the honest to godness feedback from the people in the league. And it'll also be fun to share because, again, we like to pick up what we can from other places to help us smarter. But I've got to imagine that there's folks who just kind of come across what we're doing and go, oh, that's a great idea. Well, we're full of great ideas, aren't we? Um, full of something, mate. I'll, I'll, stick with, <laughs> I'll stick with all my ideas are great ideas until proven otherwise. <laughs> Fair enough. I think you've got to. Um, you've earned the badge. I don't have a shiny badge like that. I've had to self-appoint myself to every position I give myself credit for at the start of the show. And uh, I don't. Know, it, how did you get the sheriff? I don't even remember. Uh, again, I self-appointed, but I quickly became the people's sheriff. <laughs> okay. Well, if the people haven't stripped you from the title, then I'm going to say the same about mine. <laughs> they haven't come after me with pitchfork. Oh, actually, probably a few have over time. I've just withstood them. <laughs> I'm looking at you, TC. Uh, mate, thank you so much for joining me for this series of uh, deep conversations. But you're not going away. We're still going to keep bringing you back, right? Well, until the until the people say otherwise, I'm I'm here to stay. Um, I'm still gunning for prime time over over Taylor. So I've got an uphill battle for ratings next next season and throughout the off season to not only keep my spot but improve it and try and push Taylor down the totem pole i'm looking forward to that that's the battle within the battle the game inside the game <laughs> couldn't pick two better people to battle it out not even face to face we can uh, take swipes long distance and hopefully it makes good listening it's an ideological battle <laughs> and and i think they're the most important battles don't you <laughs> i i do and i think i think um if anything this year proves there's one ideology that that rises above, but you're only as good as your last matchup. And uh, mine was with TC and I fell bitterly short. So I've got a lot to come back and prove next season. Yeah, I've got to say, they are big wounds to lick once you lose to TC because he does not necessarily let you forget very easily. Mate, thank you again. It won't be long before I'm calling you to come back. So uh, make sure you keep that phone nearby. I'll answer it for you. <laughs> Thanks, mate. I appreciate it. <laughs> All right, Uru. Another guy who was being drafted like he died too was... Oh, T.Y. Hilton. He's a good receiver. <laughs> he actually doesn't look great. whole career has been defined by boom. Barkley. Or bust. Yeah. Or hurt. And to see him bang out 26 points was extraordinarily satisfying. A huge F you to the vinegar stroke. This is the Astro League Fantasy Football Podcast. Us Aussie folk can say some odd things. Perhaps a crash course in our language is best attempted in moderation. Mate. That's gold. Something that's brilliant. To be really impressed by something. Derek Henry just threw some chump through a brick wall. Fuck me, that's gold. Well, hey, look, I think 
that it has been a heck of a ride talking about everything draft. And these will be episodes that will be great to drag back up and talk about what happened, what happened. Because after proposing all of this, our league is taking a very different approach to off-season rule changes. We're going to be embarking on a series of forums on messenger videos to talk them all out and get to points where we can then vote on things that do need to change or don't and also then the very real details about what are the actual two best options. So, it's not just change, it's informed and smart change where the league kind of knows all the quirks of the potential advantages of what those changes will bring for the next season. Now, like I said last week, we've got to do the Harold Holt. For those of you who aren't Aussie, I urge you to look up the Harold Holt just so you know what we're talking about. But join us on Saturday because I've got my mate Mitch coming in. He is one of the leading officials on our island for American football and he's going to talk through the first part of a two-part series of shows around some of the rule differences between amateur and pro football. This was a topic that came up after having had some great conversations with Coach Ryan around all the college football stuff and all of a sudden Instagram kind of blew up with people saying, hey, hey, okay, tell me this about college. I don't understand this about college. And a lot of it was to do with why the rules are different from the NFL or the other way around, why the NFL has to change rule and be different from college. And we've actually gone through and found a great list of rules that are different and we're going to talk through a whole bunch of them over two shows with me buddy, Mitchy. So, make sure you come back and check that out. Part one of that conversation is going to be here on the weekend. All right, Matty C, host of the show, that's me, getting out of here. Make sure you do find us on Facebook and Instagram at Astro League Podcast and now on Twitter at Astro League Pod. I'll catch you on the weekend. Hooroo. Play. Play it. This is the Astro League Fantasy Football Podcast. League-specific news, information and stats with your obnoxious commissioner, Matty C.